Let's open our Bibles up to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. Oh, my. We'll get right into it today. Galatians chapter 3. Continue our study in this wonderful book. It's been, hasn't it been a wonderful study? Oh, my. It's just been so profitable, hasn't it? It's been so wonderful. So wonderful. Today we'll look at Paul's last question out of... And I've been saying five questions. I went back and counted. There's actually six questions. So we'll look at the last of six questions today that Paul asked the Galatians in this uh, wonderful portion of Scripture. And actually what he's doing too is he's setting up. He's setting up. Next week we'll start where he, he's going to use an illustration of Abraham to show that righteousness doesn't come by what we do. That righteousness comes through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our righteousness is in Christ. It's not in anything we do. So he's setting that up with these questions too as well. And again, as I said, these questions are great for us for examination, for us to examine whether we be in the faith. Because the obvious answer to these questions is it's all salvations of the Lord. That's the obvious answer to these questions. But they're good questions. They're good questions. And the Holy Spirit has had Paul put these questions here for us, too, as well as for the Galatian believers when this letter was written. And uh, again, they're good for us to ask ourselves. And the answers, the answers will point us right to Christ. The answers will point us to the fact that it, our salvation is all of God. As Spurgeon wrote a book, he called it All of Grace. And that's basically what these questions will do. They'll bring us... They bring us right to Christ. So today's question will be found in verse 5, but let's read the context of this verse by reading Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth it he by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of the faith, the same are the children of Abraham? Look at that verse. Isn't that wonderful? That's a wonderful verse. In the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen. Hey, that's, that's us. Right? Through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of the faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So we see verse 5 again contains... The word therefore. And that word therefore will connect it to the other verses above it. So all these questions are again asked for the Galatians to examine how their faith started. Who started their faith, right? And who keeps them? Who keeps us? And this question in... Verse 5 is similar to verses 2 and 3 
It has the same thought, but it's different because it concerns what the Lord's done among them. The miracles that have been performed. And that was back in the apostolic days, the gifts of the Spirit were, were active. Were active. And that's what it's speaking about, this verse here. Let's read verse 5 again. He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth it he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now with this question, Paul knows that they must reply it was faith. They must. If they're true believers, they must reply that it was faith and not the works of the law that gave these miraculous powers. These powers came from God. Came from God and God alone. And this verse begins with, He therefore, which is speaking of God. Speaking of God the Father. It is he who that minister to you and I, as well as the Galatians, the Holy Spirit of God. Right? Christ said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, but I'm going to send you a comforter. A comforter. And that's the Holy Spirit, right? He's with us. He teaches us. He guides us into all truth, beloved. And it is God and God alone who continually is giving us additional supplies of grace. Right? What does the scripture say? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, right? That we may obtain grace to help what, when? In time of need. So God is continuously giving us grace, isn't he? Mercy. Mercy every day. His mercies are new every morning, the scripture says, right? Every morning. We wake up. Do you know your mercies are new today than they were yesterday? Isn't that wonderful? You know why? Because the grace, the, the, the manna, think of this, think of that as manna, right? What happened? Was yesterday's manna sufficient for the Israelites for that day? No, they had fresh manna, didn't they? We have fresh supplies of grace and mercy. Not, not, now, not saving grace, right? Because that's already done by the Lord. He's already saved us. But do we need grace to make it through this world? Sister, like you said, we're tired of this world, aren't we? We're ready to go home. We're all ready. This, this, the more things that go on, the more we'll get homesick for heaven. Right? To be with the Lord. But he has us tarry here, doesn't he? He has us tarry here for the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're here. We're here for him. We're serving him while we're here on this earth. Oh, my. People say, well, how do I serve him? Being with us together. Right? Supporting the local church. Number one for me, to me, is praying for me. I covet your prayers. I covet your prayers. Oh, my. Because without prayer, right, you know, God answers the prayers of his saints according to his will, right? We don't bend God's arm, do we? No, we don't twist his. In religion, I remember we used to try to twist God's arm, right? That doesn't work. We don't twist God's arm. He does his will. But he lays on us to pray for his will to be done, doesn't he? It's amazing. It's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. So he's continually given us additional supplies of grace by the Spirit. And for the Galatians, they were still living in the apostolic age here where there were still miracles being done, right? There were still things being done by the apostles. Miracles worked among them. The extraordinary gifts of the Spirit, and that's what this verse is bringing forth here. So he's asking them, did these things occur? Did these things occur by the flesh? 
by the workings of the law or by the power of the Holy Spirit of God? How did these things occur? And another thing to consider, too, is he's contrasting here true gospel preaching at that time, right, with the apostolic gifts and the false teachers who had none of that. See, the, the preaching of the apostles was confirmed by those things, right? At that time. But these false teachers, they had nothing like that. Because God won't bless a false gospel, will he? No, it's a lie. Paul said in chapter 1, we looked at, it's a perversion. And actually in the Greek, remember when we looked in chapter 1, he said that that gospel is contrary to the true gospel. It goes against the true gospel. My, oh my. And the true gospel is what? Salvation in and through Christ alone. By his shed blood alone. That's redeemed our eternal souls. My, it's wonderful. So do law works bring any of this about? He's setting before them this question. Do law works bring any of these miraculous gifts about? No. That's works of the flesh, isn't it? That's not by works of righteousness which we have done, right? But according to his mercy, he's what? He saved us by the washing and regeneration of the Holy Spirit of God, beloved. It's all him. It's all his work. So law works don't bring about any of these, these, these things that were being worked out among them. Not at all. And so again, he's setting, he's setting before the Galatians the foolishness of the false teachers in comparison to the gospel preaching that they heard from Paul. What did Paul set before them and the other? Now we know there was other preachers that visited there too. What did they set before the Galatians? Christ and him crucified. How do we know that? Well, look at verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ, right, has been evidently, he's been proclaimed clearly and plainly, set forth, crucified among you. That's the gospel. They preached the gospel of Christ and him crucified to the Galatians. And the Galatians rejoiced. And so Paul's asking them. They received the Holy Spirit, right? And, Paul's, and they received this, this teaching. And Paul's asking them, why are you now going to these beggarly things of the flesh? And even, and even listening to these false teachers even entertaining what they say. And he's basically saying, you know better, beloved. He taught them, didn't he? By the power of the Holy Spirit of God. He, he set, that verse shows you, he set Christ before them. Evidently, which means plainly, clearly. Just set him right before them. So what's he doing again? What's he doing with these questions? He's setting Christ before them again. He's setting the works of God before. This is, this is genius. In these questions, he's setting forth before them Christ 
in the work of God and God alone as opposed to the works of the flesh. It's absolutely genius. And he's doing it by questions. Well, we know who the true author is, right? It's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's telling us and teaching us here that Look at here, with these questions, you can see the contrast between the works of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. It's absolutely amazing. It really is, actually. It's, 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 it's incredible. So he's saying, do any of these works, in these questions, do any of these works of the flesh bring forth the works of the Spirit? Well, the Spirit works where he wills, Right? But we know he uses the preaching of the gospel, right? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So we know he uses the gospel, right? My, oh, my. He uses means, doesn't he? It's incredible. It's absolutely amazing. He uses one sinner to, to preach the, to other sinners, right? And then he takes the words from between my mouth to you, to your, to you guys' heart and minds, and he blesses you all with them. <laughs> like he's blessed me in my studies. It's just, I, I just can't get over it, to be honest with you. But that's what the Holy Spirit does, isn't it? It's just amazing. And what are they actually doing? What are the Galatians actually doing by going along with these false teachers? And more of the false teachers are doing this. What are the false teachers doing by saying you have, to be, you have to be circumcised to be saved along with faith in Christ. Do you know what they're doing? They're negating. They're, they're, they're negating. I thought about this, and this is true. They're negating and calling Christ a liar when he said it is finished. That's what they're doing. They're saying, now what he said is not true. That's right. That's serious, isn't it? When, you, when we look at... I, I was thinking about that when I was putting this together. I thought, my, oh my. That's so serious. That's so serious. What a... No wonder Paul says, they bewitched you. They, they, you're under a spell. Because it's, it's evidently false, isn't it? But you know, anyone's susceptible... Any believer susceptible to this too. But for the Holy Spirit. Now think of this too. This is pretty amazing when you think about it. God in his province allowed those false teachers to come in like that. That the book of Galatians would be written and identified that we might read them here 2,000 years ago later and go, Here's these questions. Isn't that amazing when you think of that? When you think of God and his providence doing that? For all of us as believers now, we can read this wonderful book and go, oh, I can identify those fellows now. And it gives me an opportunity to examine myself too, whether I be in the faith with these questions. Yeah. Yeah, the apostles, when, 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 when the Lord said, when are you going to betray me? All the apostles said, Lord, is it me? Because they knew within them they had the ability to do that. Isn't that amazing? It's, absolutely, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. So they're actually negating the words of Christ when these false teachers. And, and Paul's setting forth, again, how this is a perversion of the true gospel. And he said, you know, how do we, how do we combat false gospels? Put the straight stick down. Put the truth down. 
That's what you do. You don't have to get caught up in what they believe and all that stuff. Because just them telling you what they believe, you're going to know it's a false gospel. So you just lay down the, the straight stick beside the crooked, right? Because that's a crooked stick, isn't it? <laughs> oh, isn't God so good? He's so good. Again, what do bankers do to find out the counterfeit? They study the real. We don't have to study the counterfeit. People spend all kinds of time studying counterfeit religions and all this. Study the real. Then it's so easy to identify the counterfeit. It's incredible. It's absolutely amazing. So, again, do law works bring about any of this working of the Spirit? No, no. No, the gospel is salvation in and through Christ alone by his finished work alone. He said it is finished. In the Greek, it's, it is perfect. Perfect. Can we add anything to perfection by what we do? No. It's, and think of it, it's done by a perfect man, a sinless man. In him was no sin at all. My and he was made sin for us that we might be what? Made the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? Our sins, our sins are imputed to him and his righteousness is imputed to us? My! And he bears our sins before God's law and justice and saves our eternal souls. What a gospel! What a savior is Jesus Christ our Lord. And again, Paul's putting before them, are you justified by observing rights and legal, legal things? Can, can a man be justified or a woman be justified by the law? No, that's, that's folly, isn't it? The only way we can be justified is in and through Christ alone. And who regenerates us? The Holy Spirit of God. It's he who does that. I was watching a news channel this week. Not for very long. But, <laughs> but no, I was watching the news channel. And on come this guy. Just Jesus Christ wants to save you right now. All you got to do is bow your head and repeat this prayer. No Holy Spirit regeneration. See? It wasn't him, though. It was another fellow. No, it was another fellow. Same kind of, same kind of fellow, though. Yeah. But, but no, no Holy Spirit regeneration. Nothing, nothing talking about you must be born again. Just bow your head. Can we, be, can we be born again by just bowing our head and repeating a prayer? Well, there's all kinds of people that pray in this world and they're not born again, right? You must be born again. It's the Spirit's work, beloved. It's a work of the Holy Spirit of God. It's not by a decision we make. That's called decisional regeneration. There's no Holy Spirit work there. Right? You must be born again. You must be. You must be. I was once dead in trespasses and sins, and now, miraculously, by the power of God, I'm alive in Christ. It's not by nothing I did. 
It's all the Holy Spirit's work. It's absolutely amazing. And we know Paul. Paul was hunting down Christians. And then he's made alive in Christ. <laughs> we don't see Paul praying a prayer on Damascus Road. No, he says, Lord, who are you? <laughs> right? And he says, Paul's hardly kick against the pricks. Oh, my. My. See, Paul was persecuting. Paul was persecuting Christians, right? And the Lord asked him, why do you persecute me? That's how vital in, in a union we are with Christ. We're his body, beloved. So Paul's persecuting Christians, and the Lord says, why are you persecuting me? Oh, my. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. So that's who's writing this book, too, is Paul. He knows the law. He knows the law inside and out, doesn't he? He was a champion of the Jewish faith. My, oh my. Look at verse 5 again. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. These miracles which were performed among you, he asked the Galatians, were they the work of the Holy Spirit or they were, were they the work of so-called law works? Can one be justified by observing the ceremonies of the law? Or is one justified in Christ and him alone? Well, what's the only answer a believer can say is Christ and him alone. See how these questions bring them, bring them right to Christ? It's, it's, it's genius, like I said. It's absolute genius. Did your salvation or my salvation come about by something we did? Or is it a miracle of grace? It's a miracle of grace, isn't it, beloved? Did we receive the doctrine of justification and salvation by faith in Christ in his gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit or by works of our flesh? It's only by the Holy Spirit of God, isn't it? I wouldn't even know. Do you know, I never even knew. The, I'll be honest with you. When I was a Catholic, I didn't know what justification was. I'd never heard it. Even sanctification, I never heard that. Christ's righteousness? Never heard of that. You know why? Because I was going about trying to establish my own righteousness. Which I didn't know were works of filth before the Lord. And I didn't even know they were righteousness. I just called them being good. And then I find out there's none good, no, not one. Oh my. <laughs> my, whole, my whole world just collapsed, beloved. It just collapsed. My. So what shocked the Paul about the conduct of the Galatians when it, when it came to these false teachers was the fact that Christ had so evidently blessed them, right? And, and they'd been so blessed to hear the preaching of Christ's all-sufficient work, his perfect, atoning, sin-atoning work. They'd heard it preached to them. In all his fullness, in all his sufficiency. And now they're starting to turn to these false teachers. It'd be like having everything, all, everything, all the riches in the world, and you go to pick up a penny. Or, or go say, I want this penny instead of all that. 
Because what's in Christ, and I'm not talking about riches of the world in the sense, I'm just trying to give us a contrast, right? Because in Christ, we have all spiritual blessings. So if they have all spiritual blessings and then they go to nothing. Piece of rock. My. You see the contrast, beloved? It's incredible. We have all spiritual blessings in Christ. All the promises of God are ours in Christ. My, oh my. It's absolutely amazing. And, and, and look at verse 8. In the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee all nations shall be blessed. In verse 9, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Oh my. And then look at the last verse of chapter 3. Look at this. This will just knock your socks off. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Isn't that, <laughs> Paul, Paul's not calling them unbelievers, right? That's what I love about this letter and the letter of the Corinthians. He doesn't say, well, you're just a bunch of unbelievers. No, he, he, he believes they're brethren. He believes they've been born again. He, he believes they haven't, went, they haven't apostated. They, they haven't, you know, no true believer will ever fall away. Now, we can be drawn away by stuff. We can fall into some pretty wild stuff. Okay? We're susceptible to that. But it's by the grace of God that he keeps us from it and pulls us back out of it. Hey. Oh, my. So let the child of God who is savingly called by sovereign grace to the truth as it is in Christ Jesus ask in, in our own heart the same question Paul asked these Galatians. How was the Spirit first received? Well, it was a work of God, wasn't it? He moved upon us. We didn't move. We didn't make the first step. The only reason we ran to Christ because because we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God, right? Yeah, he, he did the first work in us. And as I come to Christ in the first moments of convictions under sin, so must I at the very last come to him, right? We rest in him our whole life, don't we? We trust in him our whole life. What do we bring to Christ? Nothing but our sin. And we say, we say along with the publican, God be merciful to me, the sinner. I'm a sinner. I need mercy. I need mercy. I need mercy. And this is true of everyone who flees to Christ. And it's It's wonderful. And the soul who comes to Christ, what do we find? What do we find? Forgiveness of all our sins, beloved. Past, present, and future. Everyone washed under the blood of Christ. And God says, I don't remember them anymore. Now think of what, what David wrote too. If the Lord should, should mark iniquity, who should stand? All of us are guilty. But yet, in Christ, we have the full free forgiveness of all our sins by this blessed, perfect, sin atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ. My, it's absolutely wonderful. And, and it leaves us with such joy, doesn't it? It leaves us with such peace that we can't really explain it. We try to. I try to explain how I, how I feel about Christ, but inside, it's just bubbling over. Words just don't seem sufficient, do they? But yet we still tell folks how wonderful our Savior is. 
how merciful our Savior is. And think of the, think of the, the, the divine glory of God and grace which drew salvation's plan. In, in the glory and grace which executed salvation's plan in Christ and him alone. And the glory and grace which has been brought right down to you and I as believers. How can we not rejoice as the born-again, blood-washed people of God? Because it's the Spirit's work, right? He's, do you know that every believer is a miracle of grace? We're miracles of grace, beloved. We're trophies of God's grace. Do you know we're Christ's jewels? Isn't that amazing? We don't feel like jewels, do we? But we're his jewels, beloved. Yeah, but we're his jewels. We're his diamonds. We're his, his precious stones. Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And now as we as believers, what do we do? We daily live on Christ now, don't we? We daily live upon him. And that doesn't stop till the day we go home to be with the Lord, do we? We daily live on him. We live in the comfort of the forgiveness of all our sins. We live in the, in the comfort of Christ being our Savior and our God. That he shed his blood for the remission of our sins. And that we are clothed in his perfect spotless righteousness. Let's read verse 5 again. He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth it he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Now note the words, he therefore that ministered to you the Spirit in verse 5. Paul does not mean himself or any other gospel preacher. He's not drawing attention to himself. Nope. He's saying that, that it's God and God alone. See, we don't have the power to minister the Spirit. Anyone who says they do is lying. There's people who say they're apostles and all this stuff. They're just lying. They're just lying. They don't have no power. They don't have no power. No, no, no. But the one who had the power here to minister the Spirit of these extraordinary gifts of the Spirit unto men, it's God himself. You know, all of us have giftings. And those were given to us by God. They were given to us by God, beloved. The only reason I can get up here and preach the gospel is because God gave me the gift to do it. I'll tell you what. I couldn't do it on my own, and I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to at all, at all. So we see here, look at, and again, during the, during the apostolic times, the extraordinary gifts of the Spirit were manifest at the first preaching of the gospel to them for the confirmation of it. And they were still supplied with it, as the following words show, and worketh miracles among you. So this is still during the apostolic times. And so we see the distinct different arguments from Galatians 3.2 in which further proof of the folly of the church members who had, who had received the gospel in the spirit of regeneration and some of them are now being swayed by the false teachers. Look at verse 2. It says, This only what I learn of you received you the spirit by the works of the law or by hearing the faith. So the point that's, that's similar is he asked them here, 
Again, did you receive it by the hearing of faith? So there's two different things here. First is regeneration in verse 2. In verse 5 is speaking of these extraordinary gifts that were manifest during the apostolic times. So similar but yet different. Similar and yet different questions. And so there's a distinct different argument from, from verse 2 in, ver, in verse 5. But similar in the sense of is it the Holy Spirit? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by something you did? Or by the hearing of faith? And then are these miracles done by the Spirit or by the works of man? Well, we, we all know the answer, right? It's done by the Holy Spirit of God. It's him. He does the work. And the gospel is confirmed by these extraordinary gift signs and, and wonders of the Holy Ghost, which were still among them. And yet they were departing from this gospel. All this was being done in their midst, and they still were departing from the gospel. What does that show us? We're just sinners, saved by the grace of God. We're all susceptible to this. But they had also seen the gospel confirmed by the extraordinary gift signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit of God. How do we know that? Well, look at here. In the latter part of this verse, Paul asked them, doeth it he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Well, so again, he's contrasting right before them the true gospel and the false gospel. By setting the true gospel, the straight stick, right before them. And the apostles' meaning is that these extraordinary, extraordinary gifts of the Spirit and those miracles done among them did not attend, again, the preaching of the law. The false teachers didn't have those. And they taught justification by works rather than justification in Christ alone. So we see that the answers to all these questions is salvation is a work of God. Plus absolutely nothing done by man. Let's read verses one to five again to see these questions again. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? So Christ being set forth, crucified among them. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Were you regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God or by something you've done? Are ye so foolish? So he's saying... You're, you're being foolish following these false teachers. Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Right? We're sanctified in Christ and Christ alone, right? We grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, but that's a work of the Holy Spirit of God, not by anything we do. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? All that they suffered for Christ, is it just in vain? It's in vain if they follow the false teachers, isn't it? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So are these miraculous gifts of the Spirit that are being manifest, are they, are they the work of the flesh or are they the work of the Holy Spirit of God? All these we know the answer by God's grace. See, I didn't know the answer before. I'd have said before when I was, when I was 
in works-based religion, I, I would have said, well, it's by something I do. No, it's not, not by nothing I do, not by nothing we do, is it? It's by the grace of God and the mercy of God in Christ Jesus. So again, Paul asks these questions in order for the Galatians to examine themselves, whether they be in the faith. And these are good questions, again, for every believer to examine ourselves, every believer. Paul would have us to understand by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God that the one who ministered the Spirit to the Galatians, the same person who worked miracles among them, is God the Father and God alone. These words minister in our text means to supply abundantly or bountiful. Bountifully. Has he not supplied abundantly and bountifully for us in Christ? Oh my gosh. All spiritual blessings in Christ? Oh my and the words miracles is from dunamis. It's used in 1 Corinthians 12.10, which is, which is miracles. And in uh, 2 Corinthians 12.12, 12, it's, it's um, translated wonders, the same Greek word. So it's, it's work of the Spirit of God. And in each place, the references to the Holy Spirit conferring miracle working power upon certain members of the early church. So then we see that he who has begun a good work in us, here finish it, won't it? Here finish it, beloved. It's the Holy Spirit of God. The same one who was bestowing these miraculous powers in the early church is the same one who, who gives us life, right? Being born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And the same one who keeps us, beloved. Same one who keeps us. Beware of those who peddle something you must do to be saved with Christ. Because we see that's damnable doctrine, right? That's, that's all it is. Anyone who's teaching salvation based upon self-effort, they're teaching a lie. That's all you got to... If somebody says, well, you got to do this, that's a lie. Just know that. Anybody teaching self-effort, it's a lie. So, beloved of God, let us take much comfort in the free and sovereign grace of God in Christ. Let we who are the redeemed of the Lord take much comfort in the everlasting covenant of God which is ordered in all things, ensure in Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for our soul, shed his blood to ratify that covenant, beloved. The everlasting covenant of God. And what blessed assurance this can give we who are the people of God. What peace it can give us amidst this world. And in this life, the storms of life come back. What peace we can have. I'm secure in Christ. I'm complete in Christ.